scintillate. Hello, everybody. This is Common Ride with me. I'm your host, Astro Boy Kip. With me is Gao Gaigar, Steph, and also Mazinger David. Nice. It's going. I'm digging it. It's episode 160 of Common Ride with me, which is a fun number. I like that number. Yeah, it's nice and round. I, I dig that. And we're all finally back. That's right. After two weeks of not being together. Yeah, this is the book club. Uh, the. Uh, Every other week show of our once a week podcast, and uh, this crew uh, has a uh, had some time to reflect deeply on Changer on the current show we're watching. Which uh, Steph, what do you think of uh, what you missed last time? Uh, any like, <laughs> thoughts on that? Um, my biggest thoughts are, are kind of the ones that have carried me through this entire series, which I mentioned to you guys both earlier. Just that this show is so chaotic in all the best ways. Like, every time that I think that we're about to do something in a storyline where it turns around and it's suddenly, like, a really serious common writer show, they throw that on its head. And it's done in such a way that, like, you know that it's cheesy, but you still have to love it because it's got so much heart. So that's a stance that I continue to maintain, and that is what I was thinking about while I was uh, listening to you guys talk about the last set. Just there's a l- unlimited amount of things that you could analyze in this show, but just you know, if you're diving into it for the first time, you just have to know that it's silly, but it also has some really like touching moments, and it's just. It's all around something that if you stick with it, you're going to be rewarded, whether you expect it or not. Were there any like standout moments or like things you wanted to come on as far as like trout? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if you heard, but there's a part two of that coming up, so we won't miss it all together. Oh, gosh. Oh, yeah. OK, I can't wait. Today is the next five episodes, 15 through 19. Um, And I'm not sure who's watching along with Changer on and. um who's not we did get one email um from jesse um it was a repeat emailer they're not watching along with changer on with us mm-hmm. and they're just like hearing what we have to say and they said they weren't sure would we were lying or not or if it was actually <laughs> happening <laughs> jesse you gotta watch this show we're not exaggerating any of this this is exactly I- how insane this series is <laughs> I honestly think in some respects, we're a little bit underselling it because there's so many things in between what we talk about that happens that Mm -hmm. like, it's just such a breakneck pace of weird shit. It's continuous. And I'll say that between the three of us, we've all had a lot of exposure to like crazy things happening in shows or like media, whatever we're consuming. We've all seen our fair share of crazy. We're not being hyperbolic in any way about how insane this series is we we just aren't (laughs) and david's right we're underselling it because we do 
we've found a way to appreciate like the like next level craziness of it but yeah we're definitely underselling it there's a lot more things that happen that we don't have time to talk about how many pages of notes does everyone have uh currently for me because it's just in like a scrollable text file but i have notes for these five episodes that are about three thousand words long mm-hmm. yeah i'm with david because i i do mine on my phone also so it's connected to the cloud and it's like five pages and this is with me like doing bullet points and doing like half sentences to myself to give myself reminders this isn't me writing out like full paragraphs of notes. No, it's this... just like a it's just like a sentence, right? Exactly. Yeah. It's just to remind myself, oh, this insane plot point happened. And I I'm pretty sure I'll remember all of them, but you know, if you're taking notes anyway, you might as well just give yourself little bullet points here and there. No, um I have like for me, when I like want something to like really stick out, it's like in like the six pages like I wrote for today, it's like, oh, I like how to do stuff and it's just like oh there's so much we can't get it all like mm-hmm. one thing that um in their email um what jesse said was um so i'm not sure if there's some things like that are like inside jokes you're making up and then blues brothers question mark which i think <laughs> the funniest thing is like that should be fake but is 100 percent real and what happens and like we all came to that Certain notes like that, we all just like come to independently. It's not like we're like sharing a like single doc, even it's like, oh yeah, the blues brothers. Like, oh yeah, like that's something I wrote down. <laughs> yeah, we 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 write and watch this show separately for everyone. So the fact that multiple people came up with the exact same idea, like there's no way you could you could script that, in my opinion. Right. And I think that's what makes it fun though, because it not right. only are all three of us, you know technically strangers like we talk to each other across the computer that's how we communicate we're all in like different areas we're all in different time zones but the fact that all three of us coming from different backgrounds and all three of us looking at this series and taking the same type of notes that lets you know that it's not just us like trying to sell a series that's mediocre this is just absolutely the circus we're watching right now I think something um, we miss so much. There's so much that we don't talk about. Mm-hmm. This too- we, because we would be literally releasing like a nine hour podcast. If yeah, we it would be every super single. Long. Yeah. And, you know, if we ever get to the point where we're like having to push out Patreon bonuses, then we can absolutely do something like that. But like I'm saying, this is a very long conversation if we went to every single nuance that we see on this. And speaking of nuances, I get that sometimes I want to get across. Sometimes we have to speak quickly, get things understood. Sometimes we misspeak. And I'm going to say that I'm sorry I called Camus a nihilist. He's not a nihilist. <laughs> he's, he's an existentialist. He founded his whole own like branch of it. I was just trying to like get across that this is like Camus' great nephew. I'm going to apologize just for everything that I say ever because I am so just ignorant of this entire like genre. So I know that I misspeak a lot of the time and this is why you see me consistently asking Kip and David 
for clarification on things because I know that I'm not like speaking correctly when it comes to most things. Who can though? Like you know, right. oh, there's so much here. Like this is like a children's TV show to talk about French film and like a love of like gag comedy. Yeah, and also has a lot of like in a very Disney style has a lot of adult overtones. It's very much like a style of media where you know you're gonna enjoy it as a kid, but if you're a parent that's being forced to watch it, you're gonna catch some of the like more adult content also. The the thing about this show that that has surprised me because we're you know nineteen episodes in, almost twenty episodes in, about halfway, mm-hmm. and it is still twenty around twenty episodes in. Every episode still is consistently fucking funny. Oh my god! Consistently, yes. it's so funny. Mm-hmm. Like, and I don't know if like I still to this. To this day, do not understand if that is like one thousand percent like intentional, like they wrote the <laughs> jokes this way, or just now, like twenty, you know, thirty years removed from the TV show, it's become funny because of my sense of humor. But like, I have to imagine that at least like some of it is written like tongue in cheek because the the dialogue that characters have together is mm-hmm. just so fucking funny. It is. You know those VHSs were going wild in like Japanese like <laughs> dorms and stuff, and they were like, "Oh, look at this shit!" Like he has like a cockroach named Jennifer, and like I'm sure That's, it had a great audience. I fucking I love the cockroach <laughs> okay. named Jennifer. I'm hang, sorry. Hang on, hang on. The sentence you just said: "He has a cockroach named Jennifer." <laughs> if I did not watch this show and understand that that was an actual thing, I would think you just had made that up on the fucking spot. Mm-hmm. Exactly, especially if you think about the fact that when he's trying to find Jennifer, they put up that little animated postcard with cockroach on it. (laughs) Like, if you were just walking into the series and for whatever reason you walked into that episode, you probably wouldn't come back. because You'd just be like, okay, this is peak. I I don't know where to go from here. So I need to actually talk about that because in the 90s. (laughs) It was a crazy time. TV Tokyo was like, okay, we just need one of these. We need to have this show for this genre, have some like product placement for Sega, have a lot of CDs, <laughs> like just put it out. Of course. And like, oh no, what is this? What happened? What are you doing? Who'd we let in here? Who'd we let in our house? And am I, I talking about Changeron? Also, I'm talking about Evangelion. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Which. Um, on TV Tokyo, Neon Genesis Evangelion ran from October 4th, 1995 to March 27th, 1996. Changeron ran in the, in the same time slot from April 3rd, 1996. A week later, it premiered. The same thing, just they got a writer to do one of these and were super surprised. And I'm sure somebody had like an ulcer like terribly over like these two shows how could you not april 3rd to december 25th this show ended on christmas wow (laughs) really it aired a week after evangelion it literally was like one week you see the end of evangelion episode 26 next week changer on until chris can you can you imagine watching tv (laughs) i can't because evangelion is its own like universe in having to 
watch both of these at the same time? Oh my gosh. I might be wrong on the direct time slot thing, but everything I've read on Stranger on sounds like much like even Gellion. It was just this person was given a time slot and told to make one of those <laughs> and then mm. really did in a way they weren't expecting. That kind of sounds right. Like if you review all the episodes that we've had up to this point, it you know, that fits the narrative. I can't argue with that. And if you like Evangelion, Changeron's better. At least Changeron's funny. I, I mean, like, I know that, like, for Evangelion, the magical people, really important. However, Changeron is just incredible. I would really recommend. I just love how, like, this just 18-month stretch of, like, this one TV station mm-hmm. doing the same thing twice and wildly getting these different shows that, like, aren't what they wanted is very funny <laughs> to me. Can I can I have a hot take on Evangelion? Oh, totally. Go for it. Please, please do. Well, that's gonna piss off every anime fan ever. I was probably about to uh, propose the same hot take, but you go ahead, and I'll just say I'm in support of you. <laughs> Evangelion <laughs> is well animated, pretentious garbage. Thank I'm you just very gonna much. say it. Yeah. Is well animated, pretentious garbage that destroys any kind of message it has about what it wants to talk about by its incessant capitalism and pandering of underage girls. <laughs> Just gonna say it. If you don't like that, you're an idiot. <laughs> uh, cosign. Just if anybody is thinking about uh, going to David's social medias and throwing hate at him, go Flame ahead and me. throw it at me too. Flame yeah. me. I dare you. I'm I'm with him as someone who has watched. Uh, Evangelion and is now watching Change Run. I'm 100% on board. <laughs> I didn't mean to pair these shows up that much, but yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Kip says, don't attack me. Just go for those two. In credit to Evangelion, I will say it is incredibly full of meaning and character. It doesn't squander it. In I think the it does. Last third last fourth whatever you want to do i think totally i think there's definitely so much potential at certain points in that show that it really does hurt when you're watching like that movie the first time where you're like oh yeah why did she kiss a teen boy like, what's, <laughs> go- wh- what's that on his oh no that's that's on his hand oh no oh no <laughs> that's jizz on his hand <laughs> why'd they do that to me um but yeah it's just that's a weird franchise um he like this is the I'm gonna post this into the Discord. This is the kind of shit why I say Evangelion undermines its fucking message by doing just blatant oh, whoring out God. capitalism of its fucking brand. Those look like a couple of toys that I would have wanted to collect in the nineties. So yeah. Well, to to be fair though. Everything gets hoard out now. Have you ever been to like a gas station? Been like, yeah, but Star Wars. Bob Marley here. <laughs> Star Wars isn't trying to teach me about the philosophical musings of human instrumentality and suicidalization yet. Yeah, yet, yeah. yet <laughs> maybe. Yet. I don't know. I haven't watched Andor, so <laughs> I would love if they were like, "Oh, we made shit Star Wars," or we just like we made a new shit home but auto. <laughs> I would love the you know how much that would like animate Twitter and have you seen have you seen speaking of of Shin uh, movies have you seen the finalized version of Shin Kamen Rider's like get up 
No, I haven't. Oh, it's did fucking, it change? Oh, it's fucking cool. You search like Kamen Rider Shin, and you get like, oh, it's the like weird like <laughs> dude from the nineties. Yeah, has, like a like whole mouth. Um, okay, I'm looking up for this, which like is to note that like I think that Shin Godzilla is a good movie. Oh yeah, it's fucking great. Oh uh, yeah, that's actually one I enjoyed also. This is the this is like the finalized design of Shin Kamen Rider. Okay. Yeah, I kind of dig that. Yeah, going back to the SS, I see. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it kind of, like, it has a real Matrix vibe to it that I enjoy. I mean, he just he just looks fucking cool on the movie yeah. poster, too. Like, it, they, they do a good job in the movie poster. He just looks fucking cool. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. The jacket ties it together. Yeah, that flowing, like, black leather long jacket. Yeah, it looks yeah. like the, like, old um, art from, like, the, like, manga. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's probably why I like it. Very classic. But uh, that is our fuck Evangelion hour. Uh, <laughs> if you want any that, more folks. hot takes about anime that you like that I like to shit on, <laughs> please DM me at my personal Instagram. <laughs> I'll tell you how much you suck. It's like, like, hey, if you want me to like rate your anime dick, please just send Sword Art <laughs> online to me at Instagram. <laughs> uh, but no, um, I think that. Um, we should also talk, um, like, one more important thing is that there's no trade drive Christmas episode that I can tell because it ends on the 25th of December. Mm-hmm. The, the final episode is the Christmas episode. <laughs> I've had people say that, like, the show ends, like, weird, and I don't know what that means in the context of this show. After watching 19 episodes of the show, what do you define as weird? Like, it literally could only be weird for this show if it all had, like, the fairy tale ending. Everybody ended up with someone, and everybody suddenly like had money to throw around. Like with this show, that is the only way it could be weird was for it to be fucking normal. We just like zoom out, and it's like fucking like a like kid has like a snow globe just like up, just shaking it. <laughs> no, it's like that uh, the little troubled kindergartner, and <laughs> he's like shooting people with a water gun, and they're like, "Oh yeah, Merry Christmas, everybody!" and Fade to black. That's it. The last scene is Akira like taking off his VR headset that looks just like the Chan visor and like wheeling back to the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. You nailed it. Wow, I've been in a coma for five years. Oh, look, I still think everyone's a Baka. I knew it. I knew I'd still be in the hospital when I got out of this coma. Oh, sorry, that's dark. Anyway, um, what would we have as a changer on christmas special then if we did have to insert one in with what we know about this show and what we think would happen in it mm-hmm. um so there's a guy from dark side who he's okay. he's dressed up like um santa and he has an obsession with fried chicken okay okay nice. yeah and then and then like he goes around like pillaging convenience stores and Kentucky fried chickens of all their fried chicken. And that really just like wrecks everyone's Christmas because now their chicken, their family chicken bucket is, mm-hmm. is not available. And, yeah. and Perfect. it just, it just disrupts the entire Christmas feeling. So then everyone's having a fucking downer Christmas and Akira's not going to have that. Cause he's like, you know, he's happy go lucky. He wants a good Christmas. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's, that's your, that's your perfect Christmas episode. What would you do, Steph? 
Uh, I kind of feel like I would take just a little bit of a different take with that. And instead of uh, Santa Claus, I would probably introduce like a Grinch character. Ooh. <laughs> um, but he would be like a polar opposite Grinch character. So, so uh, like Santa from the Western world has kind of come into Japan at this point. So like, they may or may not have seen like this thing with the Grinch. So I'm thinking of uh someone who like goes and leaves satchels of tea on people's uh doorsteps and that would be kind of like his um evil guy thing just because it would have like a uh, like it would be laced with like LSD or something <laughs> and he would kind of have them like brewed into this tea but like when they drink the tea what they imagine is like from um the Grinch, like the animated series. So they would all be on this big trip and like seeing everything animated. And the Grinch, like they literally see that animation where his heart grows like three sizes. And then after it's all over, like they have this really um great sense of camaraderie with each other, but like it kind of gets twisted to where they're uh gonna like fuck over capitalism. I think hmm, Hayami is going grocery shopping and he sees like a teen child shoplifting. Great start. And chases after uh, that child um, and finds out that they like stole from like a mall Santa. Mm -hmm. Then like we see a bunch of kids in like a police lineup and there's Hayami, Akira and Santa. And (laughs) he tells Akira, oh, like Santa always knows who's naughty or nice. Like he's super is like into it, and then like um the kid gets away, and they're fighting. And Hayabi tells Akira, no, 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 Santa wanted to make sure that kid had a like good Christmas because deep down he still knows. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's like a dark side monster that kills that mall Santa, and like his clothes fall down, and like mm-hmm. Hayabi finds him. He's like, oh no, Santa's dead. He has to be Santa that year. Did you say that his clothes fall off? Like the mall Santa gets killed by a like dark side monster, but like the like clothes like fall down to where like the boys are. So like Hayemi is like, I must be Santa this year to like make sure people get Christmas. Oh, so he gets he gets like zooped out of his clothes. Yeah. Is what you're saying. Yeah. And okay. Hayomi's just standing there like, man, look at the hog on that dude. I don't I'll try to measure up. <laughs> Like, that's the Christmas story I want to see. Okay. <laughs> I mean, there's there's some shit to talk about in this first episode. I mean, in oh, all yeah. the episodes. Oh, yeah. We've got some issues happening. Good Christmas, everyone. Now let's talk about Shade Gerard. <laughs> episode 15, the super rare what? Uh, and immediately, not even a moment I- to breathe or mourn. A dog is in the OP. I would I would love to say I told you so because I did and I told you he would do this exact fucking thing last episode and sure enough what do you mean like just like um, oh Akemi I'm so sad you're gone and then like the next day like maybe not even an hour later he's having a party with fucking three ladies in his fucking office and, and trashed out of his gourd off of champagne of all things so yeah he was having a party. He's doing it because he's sad, though. Yeah, of course. That's what I do. 
Yeah. Uh, but the first thing that I noticed though was the OP. He just has a dog instead of her. Oh yeah. She's gone. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that too, and I I thought I the weirdest thing is I didn't even realize that that was different at first. <laughs> because I'm like I'm watching it and I'm like. Did he always have a dog? He must have had a dog. This is a really weird opening. And now that you mentioned it, yeah. Yeah, I went through the same set of emotions because I was like, have I been missing this entire time that he had a dog? Like, because I know sometimes I miss things. So I was not very much giving myself the benefit of the doubt, but I was like, I don't think I've seen a dog up to this point. <laughs> no, he hasn't had that dog in until now. Oh, no. Um, but also, like, here the ending song changes, too, to be all about, like, keeping your chin up and not being sad when, like, your, like, girl leaves all this stuff. It just, it's really funny that, like, it, like, it goes right to, don't worry that she left you, also here's a dog. Like, yeah, it's really funny. Was there um something that I missed? Like, was there something going on with, like, that actress in her contract, or is this just, like, literally part of the story? I, could, I couldn't find anything, but it, it's highly possible. She probably just had other offers because she was, like, a young, probably, like, a model singer or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. if she was like, oh, don't be on this failed Tokusazu show where you're getting, like, fifth billing. That makes <laughs> sense. Know? Because I know we've watched a couple of things where that was... You know, something that happened, like one of the major actor or actresses had something where they had to like break the commitment and they had to write it into the story. So I was just wondering with this one, if this was like natural or if it was something that, you know, happened with the actress herself. She was a major part of the show, so I don't think mm-hmm. they intended it to happen. They had like a special episode about her like teaming up and like becoming friends of like Ari the episode before she left. <laughs> Just going full Rambo. Oh, wow. The one thing um, that, like, you didn't mention, though, David, is that while he's playing, like, some different things with these, like... The the ladies. The hookers he's hired. <laughs> they continue that he's always losing at... Ch- he's always losing children games. So it's, like, what they continue. Yep. Mm-hmm. He immediately, like, it's like a punishment game that's drawn on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just a through line, right? I mean, who wouldn't want to go party like with a detective though? That sounds like yeah. That's fun. The, if someone's like, "Hey, I'm gonna go have a party with a detective at his detective agency," I'd be like, "Okay, like I don't know what's gonna happen, but like, <laughs> right? That's kind of neat." How can you not? Because you know, if you get a couple of drinks in this guy, he's gonna tell you all the best. Oh stories. yeah, he's gonna tell you what some wild shit, right? Yeah, exactly. God gave you wisdom teeth, so you could go party with a detective and lose a few. You know, mm-hmm. you gotta. I feel like you're at a stoner party. You're like you're going to the deep philosophy of things. Or you're just like gonna see somebody whiff so hard with so many different like different women. Like that sounds great. But then Hayami and like Ari are there because they're like worried about him and they're so mad when they find he's just like trying to get laid and have like this party. <laughs> when they make these like girls leave, here just said he's so afraid of being alone. And then, like, um, Hammy says, yeah, well, I'll check back in a year. <laughs> He's like, you need to change something. I'll check back in a year. <laughs> what a dude. I mean, He's There's incredible. Absolute dude, yeah. I gotta say, though, during this scene, Hayami and Akira have such serious homo energy is not even oh, funny. Oh, my like, God, yeah. When, when you told me that people were writing, like, 
fan like gay fanfic about this 1000% I understand like it's a thing in every toku series because mm-hmm. like they're all like they're all pretty and emotionally charged but it's like not even subtext here it's like so much more present it's so much more obvious but I, like- I i love that i love that those like they go like there's like that line you draw in like a common writer where it's like you know subtext and it's like you never go past that line where mm-hmm. like this they go completely past that line and then just go like that's ah, nothing <laughs> The second episode ended with the main character saying, get back into, like, your cross-dressing outfit. You look too good. Right. Right. But then it's like, but then every other moment after that, they just play it completely straight. They're like, no, they're just just weirdos. Like, they're not (laughs) gay. They're just weird. (laughs) I think we're supposed to think of them as, like, the ambiguously gay duo. Yeah. I mean, how can you not, though? Even with Akira, like, as much as they try to portray him as this really girl crazy guy he has insane standards for someone who has nothing to offer so it honestly makes sense that he just really isn't that invested in the women around him it's so funny because like on a lark i looked up the like not his like common rider name but like his civilian name in common rider mm-hmm. on the youtube and it was so many fan cams because people just want to fuck him in like anything he's in um i've heard people like who are like hey i'm a hundred percent like both men and women have been like i'm a hundred percent into women except for this dude (laughs) (laughs) he's just like this uh weird big sexual like menace i guess this guy i don't know well that's his new name weird big sexual coming soon to arby's (laughs) (laughs) we've got the meats Oh shit, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> uh but what's happened to the show? Oh um <laughs> then we immediately cut the to cockroach. Yeah. Him and his cockroach and the I the, love the effect. <laughs> it's, like, it's just like a fake cockroach on like a <laughs> fishing wire that they pull across the fucking floor. It's better than if they had a real cockroach, but he named it Jennifer. Yeah. I love that. And then we cut to a monster obsessed with fucking chopsticks. Not chopstick, no, not not chopsticks. Chopstick Sorry, holders. I have to. I have, I have chopstick holders. The paper casing that goes around disposable chopsticks. Okay, so this is something that I also made notes about. Like we uh, shallowly discussed Christmas earlier, so that was another thing I was going to uh, say. David, is this a thing? Do people do this? Like they collect chopstick holders? Um. I'm going to say definitely someone does. <laughs> With, with, without a doubt, somebody does this. Okay, good to know. I, I was a little bit concerned when it seemed in that episode at least so popular. I was like, am I now, missing out on something? Because I buy a lot of chopsticks off Amazon. So That I- being said, that being said, that's fucking weird. <sighs> good to know. I've seen it in like a restaurant where I've been and they've had like a display like on the wall of like, here's like some chopsticks from when like we first opened or like mm-hmm. our honeymoon or whatever. Like, that's like, but you know, like, like it's like for everything, there's someone. Right. right. But I think the thing is, is that in, in this case, there's like actual, um, so you just buy like regular old, like wooden chopsticks. But like, as far as I know, there's like actual companies that like print specific, like special like chopstick holders and then when 
you go to a restaurant, someone at the restaurant has like manually put chopsticks in each one of those chopstick holders. Like that's not, Mm. it it might be a case that like some companies might do it, but you can get like custom printed ones, obviously. So like that's where they're coming from where they're like, oh, this is like the 1987 uh, fucking print from the hotel in Nagano and like stupid Mm -hmm. shit like that. And it's like, yeah, it's dumb. But like, I think the reason that they picked it is because if they picked anything more pedestrian, like, oh, he's a train nerd or, oh, he likes (laughs) cards, right? You just be like, ah, okay. But because it's so fucking absurd, you're like, Mm -hmm. you're like, who, who, like, what? Like it it sounds like a it's it is literally sounds like a parody joke, but I a hundred percent believe that someone does this. Oh yeah. Yeah. But what if you could get your very own limited edition Shinji Evangelion chopstick holders to put next to your Django Fetch chopstick? Do not holders? tempt me to Google that because I know it fucking exists. <laughs> or like the like chopsticks like look like the spear and the holder like looks like the Eva, you know, all that stuff. Um but so we see this guy who's like looking at his chopstick holder collection and then fucking I couldn't believe it. But we had our another celebrity cameo as Uncle Red Foo from LMFAO shows up. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not sorry for party rock getting killed again. <laughs> boys, boys, so sorry to break it up, but I've been informed that we can't be party rocking here. Let's move. I love how his like twenty paces. To the the way he 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 kills this man is he literally just bonks him on the head. <laughs> exactly. Dogach. Both the like chopstick holder and the bonk come back later, and it's yes, great. it's fucking funny. Mm-hmm. This guy is ridiculous. He's like a hamburglar, like, stereotype. He's like, he keeps stealing people's collections. And, like, I was wondering, would there be, like, a weird diatribe? Like, oh, the most important part of collecting is your own memories. And that's why you're not a real collector. No, he, he's just there, you know? But then we see the panel of his oh, new gosh. hires. Who could be his secretary? Um, it, it is exactly what you expect. Yeah. That's the funny I thing was, is, I was watching, when I was watching this, I wrote down in my notes, I'm like, is this show really for children? <laughs> I mean, you have Karate Girl. Uh-huh. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she can rip a phone book because she does karate. That's impressive. That's the same skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, have Shy girl who can do esp yep oh uh, and then we have a prostitute yeah well that's B- basically that's what my entire office is made up of i don't know what is going on prostitutes all places all three okay i want to make a new tokyo hero um and when she transforms she screams prostitute and that's how she gets her uh, suit on i i dig that no, she still just art. says scintillate. Yeah, <laughs> but it has a completely true. different meaning. That's that's what I was gonna say. Like, how much of a kid's show can that be when it's like that is what he uses to transform? It's almost as bad as our last show when it was everything was a climax. Anyone remember Stripperella, the Spike TV show? Yes, vaguely. Uh huh. Okay, good. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, that's basically like a Toku series like this. 
Um, but no. Uh, so after the swimsuit contest gets knocked down, but that um, that Akira immediately suggests they do. That's when Rumi goes instead right to her swimsuit, and then so Ari votes for uh, the karate girl for strength. Hayami says, I vote for ESP. And then fucking young Gonza and Akira. <laughs> yes, my man. <laughs> just like these like cartoon anteaters, horny perverted faces as they both vote for number three. <laughs> what a Chad. <laughs> uh, young Gonza straight up Chad. I love that he that's the only reason why he's in this episode. He just came to vote for the bikini lady and then you never see him again. Like, how is this guy not like a fan favorite character? Like, he's incredible. Every time he shows up, he's saying he's like smoking a corn cob pipe and be like, I mortgaged my house for this base. Like, yeah, let's get the sexy one. <laughs> and then um here in episode 15, we get the names of the other of the like dark cadre, which is Vin, the weird lizard one, comes to talk to the hobbyist. And like, it's like their whole conversation is like, oh, it's like how I'm blending in, like, understanding human society. And then Mordos, the one who's like bird like, mm-hmm. it is like, oh, yeah, but like, we must watch out for mania and becoming maniacs and all that. And yeah, um, I do love that that's like kind of like a an interesting quirk in that, like, these weird alien demon people from um other dimensions are like coming to earth and then mm-hmm. are getting yeah. like infected like it seems like they're getting like infected by like weird human like bad human quirks like mania or like drinking heavily like like alcoholism like they mm-hmm. they get um just de- de- like human defects basically <laughs> so this is so weird to me because a most of the time it's like oh like you're talking to the police officer and then his hands become active and he's like a monster this whole time like never like the looking into what that means we've had like people like who are depressed we have people like who like can't handle it in different ways mm-hmm. and it's wild to me how much it's like oh and this informs the next 25 years of common rider because <laughs> like literally um in like Kamen Rider like Drive, for example, there's like these like uh monsters named like Rodumids or like Roid Moods. Mm-hmm. I've never said it like um, but they like their whole thing is that like they get like powered up by emotions and like it's like, oh, like you found out that like your like main trigger is like jealousy or like joy and that kind of stuff. And that's how they like find things. This is like mm-hmm the start of that too to be like hey what's it like to be a monster has to live in the world right but yeah interesting and the way they talked about the mania did make me think of like old school like pokemon games like pokemaniac and all that stuff <laughs> but no um a collector comes and offers two million yen for help finding his friend who's been attacked and he has like a holder like stable to his tie and he gets offered drinks by each secretary <laughs> i love i love the conversation that they have with akira so he comes in he's like hello i would like you to find some very rare chopstick holders and akira's like like paper <laughs> chopsticks holders yes get the fuck out 
<laughs> he's like, I loved that. He's too, like, get yeah. out. He's like, here's two million yen. He's like, well, why the fuck didn't you just say that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because I felt like I kind of, if if I was in his shoes, I'd have the same reaction and just be like, okay, you're clearly fucking with me right now, and I don't have time for this. <laughs> and what happens next is they like go to like stake out this whole place and then they like um they like hot secretary like Rumi tries to stop the like tries to stop fucking Gallagher by like posing sexy in a hallway and then he just grabs her and takes her away. I mean as one does. And then he calls and he's like I want a special holder and gives these like super complicated directions. <laughs> I I love I love though like before this when they're in like the chopstick like uh like museum like like chopstick case like museum or something akira just goes man this world is sure is full of a bunch of weirdos and i'm like <laughs> the the lack of self-introspection from right. akira is so fucking funny yeah what a bunch of fucking weirdos especially because like he gets his hand slapped in that scene so you know there has to <laughs> and be then like, immediately even... does it to the other guy too exactly like there has to be a little bit of self-awareness here like you're literally trying to touch something that you know is very important to these people and you're calling them weirdos <laughs> trying to tone and a line you have it. to remember this entire episode is centered around the fact that someone stole paper chopstick holders right it's so fucking absurd. I would love to hear if you're like um like somebody who had a child around the time of like Changer On. You're like, hey, one day uh put on Changer On, and my like kids loved it. I was so confused, but I love it now too. <laughs> That's the other voice I would hear in this. Oh, but, for uh, sure. I also want to hear the voice of anyone who actually does legitimately uh collect those chopstick holders. Because if there's something that I'm missing with this, I would really love to know. Um, obviously, being an American, most of the chopstick holders I see are those really generic red ones. Mm. So if there's something to this, 100% correct me and tell me what an idiot I'm being. It's most things that people collect have no value outside of that, though, you know? Oh, yeah, right. I know. for Sure. But this is just something that I've never heard of before. So I'm all on board with learning whatever I can about it. Um, after Akira can't understand these directions, the guy just says, okay, I'll fax you a map. <laughs> I loved that. I loved that. So much. Oh, man. I'll map quest it to you. I, can you please make that guy's face when he's laughing on the phone, the fucking thumbnail for this, this episode? This show is so hard to do thumbnails for. I had nine <laughs> different Photoshop tab <laughs> opens last time. You just unlocked one of Kip's triggers. Way to go, David. <laughs> what do you it's mean? It's so hard. It's not hard. You, well, it, may, it might be hard to choose. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to choose. Oh, I see. I them. see. Oh, God, yeah. Two episodes ago, there was no scene of him talking about mortgaging his house with the base on frame. So I had to take the subtitles from one scene into another. <laughs> ah, I see. One image. But no, oh. So, so Rumi gets abducted by yes. fucking evil chopstick monster and he just like disapparates and he's like oh i've got her on a boat in yokohama and then akira's just like <laughs> akira's just like i don't know where the fuck that is <laughs> and he's like yeah we'll fax you the thing and then they just show up to this boat in yokohama before that they 
choke the fucking guy to get his chopsticks. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, right. Because he's like, he's like, I, he's like, I want this kind of ransom, the chopstick, paper chopstick thing, ransom for Rumi, and they're like, do you have that? And he's like, yes. And they just like grab him and choke him out and steal it. <laughs> On the deck of the ship, I said last time this chunk of episode was going to have one of my favorite things of Toku. And the Hamburglar has her crucified. Yeah, yes. I was like, it's like fucking Rumi about to get crucified. Jesus fucking Christ, what is this show? Is what I wrote <laughs> in my notes. And Tokusatsu loves to crucify people. Oh, yeah. There's like the old like um for like Common Rider for Super Sentai for Ultraman mm-hmm. for like um the Japanese Spider-Man got crucified. I don't know what it is, but it's evocative. Exactly. exactly, Literally, that has to be the only reason, right? Because, like, Christianity is not popular in Japan. I mean, like, some people do it, but, like, you know. It's very popular for the vibe. Yeah, that's what I mean. uh, Like, it's it's evocative, but, like, it doesn't mean anything. But, yeah. It's it's almost like like a, a here southern gothic like it's all about the aesthetic. You're not actually <laughs> right, like right. submitting to any kind of gospel around it, but like you realize how ridiculous some of the concepts around it can be. So you're kind of paying homage to that instead of like being a uh, quote unquote true believer or whatever. No, yeah. Um Junko tries to surprise attack this guy by ripping a phone book but then he just bonks her because he's a monster <laughs> he bonks her on the head <laughs> and then and then not only because like Akira and Hayami are there and then she's like don't worry I'll handle this and she gets fucking bonked and then they just like run away yeah <laughs> like they don't go to help her to fight the guy they're just like oh we'll come back <laughs> uh, oh. they had not properly like ready that action I guess I suppose ready. so that was a tough bonking, and they weren't going to go up against that just yet. They need to be more bonk prepared. That being said, it does provide more comedy because they keep consistently robbing this dude yes. of his chopstick holders. Yes. And when they come back the second time, the ESP girl tries, and she bends a spoon in like another, <laughs> in another location. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just have to wonder, right? Because by the end of this, all these shenanigans, it has to have been like hours of time, right? So, like, mm-hmm. nobody noticed three women crucified on a boat in Yokohama? Yeah, I find that kind of hard to believe. He might have, like, got a permit, so nobody cared. Sure, yeah. <laughs> We're filming, I'm true. filming yeah, a movie. I mean, if you get a permit, then yeah, you're good. And <laughs> after the, like, third girl gets bonked, Haibi says, this is bad. He's got three hostages. <laughs> <laughs> and Akira says, this keeps getting worse and worse. Like the cops in Dark Knight. Like, it gets worse <laughs> out there. <laughs> and then they throw the whole collection on their third visit. And he goes to get them. And they go to untie the, like, girls. But the collector's there. And he makes friends with the monster. But then Akira just hits him with a crucifix. <laughs> uh, no, they're having a total, like, stepbrothers moment there. <laughs> like, I fully expected him friends? to say, exactly! I was waiting for that because it was such a, like, I was like, I've seen this before. He's about to go put his nuts on that dude's drums. Like, you have no idea. Dark what side's not so bad. They just want to have a good time. <laughs> just misunderstood. You see why it's hard? That's another podcast art I could do. I want to be best friends with their holy hands. <laughs> Uh, there's so much room for, <laughs> for chopstick holders. Uh, but no, just the the fact that all three women get crucified is so 
funny. It's so goofy in the best way. It's even funnier because, like, when they're showing them up on their, like, their poles while they're uh, crucified, not one of them gives a fuck. Like, I feel like if it was me, I would be freaking out, but all three of them are, like, semi-comatose. <laughs> they just look it's bored. Amazing. They're just like, oh, here we go again. Yeah. Crucified yeah. again. Oh, god damn. This fourth time I've been crucified this week. I'm going to have to talk to my manager. This is insane. I mean, that's just how it was in the 80s in Japan. Yeah, makes sense. Crucified on a Tuesday. Another panel crucifixion interview. <laughs> uh Getting real tired of these these job interviews when I get crucified. <laughs> Man, like one way video. Now this, and they want to give me entry level pay. This is bullshit. I don't know what this has to do with being a delivery driver at Pizza Hut, but all right. <laughs> Man, DoorDash has gotten imagine- exceptional. Let's- I'm just imagining the fucking like Pizza Hut like logo and colors on like a crucifix. Now <laughs> it's not a crucifix. It's just a slice of pizza. <laughs> Sponsored by. <laughs> Just a time for Easter. Enjoy our crucif breadsticks. I mean, they like putting eggs on pizza here. Why not? Oh, well done. Well done. I think we've just uh, created the next new podcast for this network. Uh, trademark, everybody. Ah, uh, stuffed Christ. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> we're like, <laughs> we're like a fucking hour in, and we've talked about one episode. I know. <laughs> Okay, we also talked about Christmas. That's the, okay, okay. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. All right. It, but this is what happens when uh, David has to miss an episode, and then I have to ma- miss an episode. Oh, like we have to do makeup. Uh, it's time for the fight. So we'll like <laughs> make some time up there because mm-hmm. besides Akira just saying red disc change, which I don't know what the disc colors means. Um, he does a brainbuster because he loves his. 90s all japan wrestling just like yeah Yeah. i do have a fun fact about this this fight in that changeron might be one of the strongest common writer-esque heroes ever really and why i say this is because very very clearly they explain that these ladies are on a boat in yokohama and then he punches the 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 fucking dude and he like flies through the air yeah Mm -hmm. where they land is the fuji television building on odaiba which means that Changeron punched this man so hard he flew 30 to 32 kilometers through the air and landed in a different part of Tokyo. Hmm. That's pretty compelling evidence. That's, That's pretty, compelling. pretty strong. Yeah. I, I don't think I've uh, seen a common rider that strong up to this point. So I yep, did the math. I'm with you. I, I took out a ruler <laughs> and measured from, from Rinko Park to, to Odaiba in front of the Fuji TV building. <laughs> You guys heard it from the expert right here. I would love to see like the weird like geographical like breakdowns of scenes to scenes of, like Tokyo shows though because I'm sure that happens a lot. But that's that's a pretty good point. So Can much- you imagine like having an airport map and it's just like where riders have sent people across it? But it's so weird. Like, why are you fighting in front of the Fuji TV building, which is like highly identifiable? <laughs> like, do you guys know what the Fuji TV building looks like? No. Oh yeah. I've seen it enough times and stuff. I I probably have. Like, if I saw it, I'd recognize. Oh it. yeah, it's 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 been in other like common writer like videos, but it's like this th- thing looks like a fucking miniature out of a Godzilla movie. 
Oh my god, that's some gorgeous architecture, though. Yes, the the giant sphere really really makes it. I think it gets Mm -hmm. blown up in a Godzilla movie. I'm like almost 100 percent sure. It looks like it's about to. Yeah. Yeah. In the first series of Digimon, they use that dome like a soccer ball. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hit a vampire. Mm -hmm. Uh, No, of Chidron wins the fight, and then back home, Akira's like, "Man, thanks for this tea." Gets drugged, gets robbed, and then he <laughs> looks for Jennifer and then pops in like a Burger King's kids club to like her cartoon, like Porky Pig, like outro. Mm-hmm. And that's Changer on episode uh, 15. Wait, did, did we <laughs> forgot to mention that Akira got roofied? Yeah, he got roofied. He literally got roofied and, and mm-hmm. robbed. That's why you can't have a hot secretary that you don't know. <laughs> it's true. But no, uh, episode 16, part-time with Kiriko. Oh, my goodness. A bunch of manga gangsters show up, and they have some <laughs> pipes to beat up this girl. What a bunch of tough dudes beating up a girl. Mm-hmm. But she is a stand and beats the shit out of them. <laughs> is, hang on. Okay, we've all watched Deno, so correct me if I'm wrong, but is this not a plot line of an episode from Deno? Like, almost identically? This guy goes on to, to be a head writer on and like a like contributor writing on late on some <laughs> shit later. Right, but I mean like this predates Deno, but like is I swear to God there was like an episode exactly like this. I'm sure there was. Um, the first episode he uses a pipe on some dudes. Mm. Uh, the like girl comes back from England mm. and kills a bunch of high schoolers. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of Garo where where uh, Ray shows up and beats up all the dudes in the fucking park. I think you are, yeah. <laughs> Man, Garo. Uh, that was before we realized what a sexual predator Ray was, too. We were thinking, hey, oh, speaking of sexual predators, could <laughs> just wait till the end of this episode. Uh, right? Uh, after her friends are excited that like all the boys got beat up, they're worried, though, because the teacher sees... And then he shares her photo with the detective agency. And I guess Aries says she looks like kind of a punk. But then Hayami says, what's a punk? And then Akira says, you'll know when you're older. Mm-hmm. And then she agrees with him, which was weird. This is the start of my vibes. I think that Aries and Akira are like fucking like on the side, like <laughs> Sticky Link style. <laughs> could be. It'd could have be. to be, though, because she would never admit that outright. Oh, but she totally would. She just wouldn't admit it. Like, she'd have on, like, her best, like, 90s, like, jazz lingerie to meet him, but she wouldn't, like, admit, like, like she wouldn't date him. What <laughs> mm. Um, I, I just love the fact that Akira keeps telling Hayami to grow up, and he's, like, just as fucking stupid. <laughs> if not more so, in some regards, yeah. This episode, like... In, like, his white shirt and his jeans and his, like, actual detective work, though, he's the most mature he's been. That's true. At the pool hall, though, they find the girls, and Hayami is furious. They're hanging out after school. And Akira's like, that's normal. They're just hanging out and, like, having ginger ale and, like, billiards. That's, like, what you do. Um, But then he's like, no, go do homework. Help your mom. <laughs> <laughs> Love this dude. <laughs> Such a goof. Every crew needs one of him to, like, just, you know. Man, if I was going to write a common writer series now, I would, like, if I was going to hire a writer, be like, okay, you need to watch Changer on front to, to end. 
and then mm-hmm. just like understand why that is funny and then write another series because goddamn is it good if i was teaching a film class i would have them watch like an episode of like change your just be like hey guys what how why does this work <laughs> right right but the girls call him old and poor water on <laughs> And she calls Aerie old and says she has wrinkles or whatever. And she's like, okay. Like, <laughs> you're 23, Aerie. Like, that was such a, a well done scene, too, though. The way she just leans into her ear and like whispers it like mean girl style and then walks off. It it was so just entertaining to watch. Jaime runs after her, but that's when the sneaky leak continues as Akira comes up with his half buttoned white shirt and like lightly pushes on. To Aerie and like just says hey in the scene ends. Okay, yeah, they're fucking. Um <laughs> then Hayami sees her meet a kitten, go to feed it, says, Ah, I knew she really was a pure-hearted maiden, but he doesn't see. She flicks the cat's nose and said, Serves you right, the world ain't that kind. Kinda wanted to punch her in the forehead after that. <laughs> like, don't pick on kittens, come on. And it's a hard flick too. Yeah, she just yeah. yeah, she had like actually legitimately flicks that cat. That's not fucking cool. There's a scene where Abby's like telling this to Akira, and he's like, so he's like, uh, deep down there's a pearl of goodness. And he just makes up this whole story about her parents being killed by Bob Lagoon <laughs> in Crime Alley <laughs> and like her foster parents. And decides it's true. Later on, he's talking to her and asks if it's true, and she just, like, goes with it. She's like, I never told you this, but sure, yeah, if, it, yeah. if you're gonna pay me. <laughs> I think the funniest part of that scene is when Hayami's just, like, making up this fucking story. Akira's had enough of his shit. He stands up, picks up the phone, and he goes, yes, hello, I need an ambulance. And <laughs> uh, just... Oh, God. I can't get over those. He just, like, goes up to her, she's, like, shaking some boys down. And then, like, it's reeled in by fake tears. Just he starts to do like so many different odd jobs to give money for her because, like, he asks if her fake, her foster dad's sick. She's like, "Oh yeah, totally. He needs surgery." <laughs> I love that when like he comes up to her after she's like basically shook down these fucking dudes with her friends, and he talks to her and asks her about all her fucking trials and tribulations. She goes along with it, and then he's just like, "I'm gonna do the work," and just like turns like. 45 degrees and just full tilt runs off into the sunset. <laughs> and then it shows her face and like none of the tears were real, which I mean, if you'd been following the show, you probably expected anyway. But just like the self-satisfied look on her face and the panic to look on his was just so perfect. It's extremely hard for a 15 year old to cry real tears. Right. I'm just going to say it. Yeah. I mean, as someone who is a mother to a teenager, empathy really isn't their strong point just yet. And he just does all these fucking jobs. And I honestly don't think it's that bad, though, because he would just be doing the same kind of shit to work out to stay a hero of, like, light or whatever. Right. Like, he's just, like, doing Mm -hmm. his road work, you know? He's just, like, jogging. It's okay. (laughs) He'd be up. That's what I thought about that construction job, too, when it showed him, like, kind of slightly struggling with the bags i was like okay but that's not what we've seen in the past he easily could have lifted up like three or four of those but then akira fucking brings her to his construction job and she's like Mm -hmm. why are you here he's like oh why don't you just go tell him that that i'm a liar he's like no no i brought you here so we can laugh at that idiot what a dumbass (sighs) i was surprised by that twist but i liked it 
it worked though because it did make her feel bad like he mm-hmm. wanted to but also before this um she says oh yeah my dad's better but my mom's sick mm. oh yeah my parents are better but our house burned down <laughs> she's like continues the lie to like the next yeah. worst thing we briefly see that like her life's not great like her her family life isn't strong she's like not doing great at school and just like super cold and like she can't really like process what's going on but she feels bad but also she was like is a teenager and like does not know this stuff right i think the family thing really didn't affect me that much because it it, to me was just like okay we've all been teenagers we've all dealt with like really difficult family dynamics but then when it shows the part of her friends like not really being interested in her because she doesn't have money unless she has money yeah exactly that was the part that hit me because i was like okay now she's an empathetic character because this is something that like every teenager at some point has gone through like having to figure out who the real people in your life are so i thought that was like a really great subtle character growth moment for her i do like how we then see that like xandar's checking in with the monster she's like oh let's make this even more creepy (laughs) and that She's the most exquisite alarm, but it's not ripe yet. And she's like, ah, oh, I look forward to you doing this, sir. I know. I I got such weird, like, um, like, yeah, we like that. Uh, what are those? Those like purity rings that uh, Christian dads give their daughters sometimes. That was very much the vibe I got from that. Like, there's something very off about that whole thing. He was grooming her. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, 100%. And I, I know that, like, okay, we had just had, or no, I guess we did just have an episode where, like, we had a, a monster that was going after old people and children. But for some reason, this just was, like, an extra creep factor to the whole thing. I mean, yeah, it's like, let's wait for this young girl to be ripe. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, I think that's what it was. Don't clip that. It was, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no it, it very much had like those oh let me wait till she isn't a virgin anymore like something I, I don't know it just it had a really like creepy undertone to it that mm-hmm. kind of made my skin crawl and she goes to where Jaime's working and says like I'm a like helpless person with no friends and parents who don't care and that's when she's like ripe to be taken and it's like I do like how much it was just like oh yeah like there's still monsters among the monsters. Like there's mm-hmm. like the dude who wants to collect chopsticks and will like kill people and like not care. There's a dude who's like a sexual predator, basically. Um, and then um, he's fighting this monster pretty good before uh, the knights show up and they're all there and they're all talking these episodes and so much more present where it's like, oh yeah, make sure people buy these toys, guys. It's not good out there. <laughs> And like this monster like possesses like a knight and they fight for a while, but then um in the end, that is when Kira shows up, fights some tires, and then wins mm. the fight. <laughs> the knights, the knights yeah. in the in the were just two dudes rubbing metal. Right. Two guys being dudes yep. better than this. <laughs> and sometimes you gotta fight tires to build up your XP so you can get to the next level, you know. Did anybody else notice that we immediately cut to Kiriko's feet? No. <sighs> I feel like I'm not surprised by that at this point anymore. But then Hayami tells her, people lie when they're lonely. She says, I'm a spoiled child and maybe I was looking for someone to spoil me. And then she like puts her head on him and says, 
I'm going to change my hairstyle. <laughs> and then we cut to the young people doing what young people do and get hot dogs and lettuce. Working at Mickey D's. <laughs> what were right. they getting? Because it just it just looked like hot dogs and lettuce, and that's not a good look. That's like a bad gotcha pull. It's not it's not hot dogs and lettuce. So it's like it's like it is like a hot dog, but it's covered in like aonori. So like a like seaweed. But there there is ones that it's like it's like a hot dog with lettuce. It's 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 really weird. It's like imagine a hamburger. You take all the stuff you'd have in a hamburger, but then put it in a hot dog bun and have a hot dog with it. Oh, interesting. I guess like I like a good like crowdy dog. Yeah, yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. I gotta say though, man, Hami's got some a uh, fucking bad touch going on because that lady's a high schooler. I'm like, he is now a weird sex criminal. Yeah. The triple hot dog with lettuce, though, is a great, like, sigil for, like, your house, though. That's, what, like, what he should take. <laughs> a triple hot dog with lettuce. <laughs> and they, like, steal the, like, wieners right from his bun. It's just, like, like with their hands. I was like, damn. I mean, you have to let him keep them, though. If someone steals a wiener from your buns with their hands, that's, that's like, sanitation issues. You have to be careful. I saw this, um thread on twitter that was like this person described somebody dancing as like hot dogging in the end zone or something and then like this like younger person was like hot hot dogging in the end zone (laughs) because i guess the younger person like thought it was like a sex thing and the older person was like no it's just like when you're like being hot dog yeah hot dog i guess the young person thought he had a penis between a butt in the end zone i mean that's still hot dogging (laughs) <laughs> if you listen to like sports commentary, so much of it is extremely homoerotic anyway, so I wouldn't be surprised. Now, Skip, I love to put my penis in between <laughs> people. <butt shoes. laughs> However, anyway. Uh, okay. Much better time than that time, guys. Only three more episodes to go. <laughs> we made it. Yay. Uh, on to what might be a highlight of highlights, which is episode 17. Full rivals. Mm-hmm. Two girls are talking about a really cool pianist, like in like an elevator, when they realize he's with them. Lights turn off, like M. Night Shyamalan's movies do. <laughs> There's a scream. Now, I would like to point out that we never come back to the friend who got lost. No. And she's never found. Mm-mm. She never is mentioned again. That's just a dropped plot from this episode, is her being rescued. <laughs> ah, don't worry about it. Nobody gives a fuck. And, um,. The girl who survived is named Rui, and she wants Akira to find Kiko. That's when Jaime says, this sounds like Darkseid. And they go, and she already has, like, photos and ideas of the two <laughs> dudes. Um, but she thinks that Hayami is the detective and Akira's assistant. I, I loved that whole bit between them kind of, like, shoving each other around over that. I, I thought that was hilarious. And who wants to take a go at describing what this pianist looks like? Oh, God. Um... He's like a 30, mid-30s, like, Japanese dude with middle-parted hair, wearing a treble clef ring and a music note earring, and he's just a fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. He looks like when people, like, do, like, a 
oh, like, what if Harry Potter was in the modern world and instead, like, Snape was, like, a music teacher or something? That's what he looks like. It, it's funny that you say it that way, because if I had to describe him, I would have literally said, like, if you can picture um, what everybody assumed mafiosos were in, like, the 20s and 30s, and you gave him an updated look, uh, that would probably be what I pictured, like, for this guy, because he had, like... He definitely had, like, the mafia uh, confidence posture, but he also had, like, the fade haircut and the gold jewelry and the cool sunglasses, like, I would have said, like... The piano guy? Yeah. Are you talking about the card guy later? Oh, maybe I'm interspersing them. Damn it. No, there's a lot of dudes here. There's a lot of high-quality, like... Yeah, there's a lot of, like... plus dudes. Really classy-looking dudes. Yeah, so, yeah, I probably am. But... After the pianist plays, he orders some whiskey at the bar. And here is like, I want a banana parfait. So we don't serve that here. <laughs> Doesn't he say it was like extra sugar or something too? Because the guy's like, yeah. I want, uh, I want like a. What does he say? He's like, I want like a double with something. And then Akira's like, I want a banana parfait with more sugar. And uh, there's a major character revelation that I started to have here for him that comes up like later but um he's just so good and I just love how like he gets the whiskey thrown in his face and the guy's like sorry my ears are too attuned to voices and your voice hurts me <laughs> your voice is so fucking annoying I can't stand yeah, it yeah something like that yeah he's like <laughs> and then that's when Akira says hey buddy want to go outside but then the like pianist is also Sanji and drops him and as my hands are too sensitive to fight, we understand. <laughs> and this starts where Rui just thinks he's so pathetic. And honestly, true. Yeah, um, understandably mm-hmm. so. And then they're called by Hayami and like Eri to the gambler. And how would you describe this gambler stuff? Imagine that you watched like Tombstone. And okay. you know how, um, <clears throat> excuse me, Doc Holliday played by Val Kilmer, is, like, the coolest dude ever. Imagine that, but, like, he's Japanese, and he has a lot more tricks up his sleeve, and he doesn't have tuberculosis, and he can kick your ass. That we know of. And he's got a sick earring. Right, and he's got a sick fucking earring. So, yeah, it's like a modern-day Japanese Doc Holiday. So I saw this guy, and I was like... I know this guy. Okay, okay. I'm not the only one that had that. I'm like, I, I've seen this guy somewhere. Is Okay, before you answer, because I know you looked it up, is he a face model for a character from Yakuza, the game series? Oh, that's super possible, actually. Um, oh, I love that series. I'm going to... I knew him from Chojin Setai Jetman as Emperor Tranza. He's from Jetman. Ooh. Um, his name is, um, Yutaka Hiroshi, um, and he might be, honestly, let's check his Wikipedia really quick. Um, he, it's not saying specifically, um, but he was in a lot of Toku stuff. Um, in Jetman, um, there's like four evil generals and like, there's like one who's just a child with a VR headset who like gets mad one time because he keeps like, he keeps getting like made fun of as like people like, go stuck your mom's tits. <laughs> and then he just like gets mad and hulks out into a cool older dude. Love it. And that's who he, he plays. Well, he's a fantastic like voice actor regardless. I even without um 
knowing for a fact he's in the video game, just hearing his voice is a really great experience. What, what's what's his what's his name? Um, Yutaka Hiroshi. Uh, Hirose. Yeah. Yutaka Hirose. Uh. Oh, apparently he was in Kamen Rider Agito. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, he had this great credit at some point that was like, um, he's a dog human in Change Man episode four, and like an army officer in episode forty-five. Oh, and he was in Kamen Rider Black as well. Yeah, he was a prolific dude. Hmm. And he definitely specialized in stunts and sword battles. He gets his stuff shenanigans in Jetman. I will say that much. But um, no, um, so he is being all cool, and he like drops Akira when he comes behind him, and then throws cards in like the like floor behind him. Says, "Don't get behind me. I'm Gambit." <laughs> yeah, we get Sanji then Gambit back to back, and then um, because he's so mad, Akira says, "I'm gonna break this next guy's neck." <laughs> He like sends challenge cards to the dudes and Tommy's like, yeah, this is manly. This is right. Yeah, fight them. But then he reveals they were sent to each other. He's he's attempting them to, like to pit them against each other so they're gonna have a right. fight and that he doesn't have to deal with them. And I think um they just decide not to fight. He's like, oh no. But also like before that is the scene where he takes out a chainsaw. <laughs> I'm gonna, he's like, I'm gonna get him with my secret weapon, and he just pulls out a full-size fucking chainsaw from a bag. As one does. This is what I mean by there's too much in this show that I forgot that before he, like, sent out fake challenges, he pulled out, he a, chainsaw. out a chainsaw. And it's, he's using it to, like, annoy the pianist who comes and beats him up again. And then he goes up to the gambler again and tries to give him sweets. Gets beat again, and that's when he does like his whole like let's face thing. But they just like are like, oh, we should face. They're like, no, not today. <laughs> and then he's like, okay, well, they're both not human, or they're both um like human. So he's going to turn to change around and beat them up, is what he says. Mm-hmm. Which good call. Mm-hmm. He's a good yep. protagonist. Kids love him. When in doubt, turn to a superhero and resort to violence. And Airy tries to tell him that's a bad idea, but he says being men is all about showing determination. And and asks Hayabi if that's true. He says yes, but then he says no. I think this conversation is heading in a weird direction. I don't agree, which is very good for him. Around that point, um, we see now Gowser's back, and he's helping a guy with an ulcer get mm-hmm. a new job. And then at the same time, like he's like told by the gambler who shows up, turns out he's Xandar. You need to kill Change Your Order. You lose your status. In the what the hell is the name of their their uh, fucking evil uh... the dark cadre? That's what it is. Yeah, the dark. How could I forget? What a man! What a great name. This gets intercut with Rui saying, "I'm not going to hire you anymore for this job. It's canceled." And like she's getting followed by Akira, and then she sees a bunch of dudes playing football. It's like they seem yeah, they'll solve this case. <laughs> yeah, they seem like they have it together. So then he turns into Changer on. He's like, hey, see, I- I'm a superhero. And she's like, oh, you're an alien. <laughs> and runs away. <laughs> oh, God. And she runs wh- right into Gowser. And then he transforms. So she's freaking out. Yeah. Right. And Gowser says, he hoped to never see Changer on again, but it's a wound on his pride that must be sewn shut. And then he says, the first surgery. And then, like, that's what Akira says, the immortal, why, though? <laughs> So Gowser goes to try and help her. The Changerod punches him and says, don't be so relaxed around a lady, dude. 
<laughs> and they start to fight, and it's just like, oh my god, this guy. And then the fucking piano man shows up. Mm-hmm. And they all have their own catchphrase because, like, for Xandar, he says "dark burst." And then, like, his cheeks like get flapped, like he's on like a gravity ride. Yeah. And he's just like, like someone's shooting him with like a fucking leaf blower. <laughs> and every time the piano man shows up, he has a grand piano in the middle of nowhere, and they hear the playing. And then he's like, "Bloody, bloody wind!" wind. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um. They start to argue over who's his fated rival. And what do y'all think of this conversation? It's so dumb. Like it's I, I love that this this TV show kind of like takes the piss out of like Tokusatsu shows where it's like it's mm-hmm. so fucking dumb and ridiculous when you when you kind of flip it on its head like that. It's also before like terminally online like Josh Whedon mm-hmm. shit. Like it's right. also like it's still part of it though. It's not like so against it and like I just love how, like, you see, like, Xandar saying stuff like, no, I've been watching him more closely. I'm better suited to be his rival. And, like, then, like, oh, no, the, the piano guy's like, no, like, I need to rise in the ranks and this kind of stuff. And then what I love here is that this shows, again, how Darkseid is, like, so unaccustomed to, like, human stuff that they are like, oh, I gamble and I play piano, so I have to wear themed jewelry for it and also use children's understanding of like storylines because like that's how little they get it right it's like oh like the way they process the human world is through like the tropes of like toku <laughs> <laughs> uh, they all fight and the knights are called for backup but they all get owned and then akira is thrown into toku like he's thrown into water that you get thrown in at the end of an episode like or like you'll randomly like appear somewhere else but then he just like is fine and they all see his face and he's like oh no and then he just like goes underwater to try and like get away (laughs) is this before or after the maybe green ranger shows up then a man in white plays harmonica Mm. i was like oh shit we're gonna get we're gonna get change around two we're gonna get like a second character (laughs) not before though at the start of Mm -hmm. 18 um further rivals (laughs) right yes we see a new girl of the OP before she even joins the cast. Replacing the dog. Replacing the dog. Maybe it's like a reverse Animorph situation. <laughs> Maybe. No, we find out who she is later. <laughs> Quick vibe check on her. Um, i not a fan, personally. Yeah. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of lukewarm on it. She looks too young for me. I'm like, man, are you 12? She, she looks like a middle schooler, teacher. yeah. Exactly. And I do know that, like, as we go on, we get a little bit more from her backstory and it makes her a little bit more. And I want to say credible because that sounds weird, but it makes it make a little bit more sense. But still, I'm with you guys. I can't get over just how young she looks, no matter how much context you have for her character. Because also dress her and like put her hair very young, too. She's like pigtails and like small like mini skirt and like yellow like okay guys at least make her look like she's 18 like i never thought akemi wasn't at least like a late Mm -hmm. teenager but she's early 20s or something right and with her too like her early dialogue is so immature that it feeds on that in a way that made me even more uncomfortable yeah and it's a little strange hopefully it gets better um and she's a little less Look, I'm your new love interest, and also I'm 12. Right. But no, Um, as the episode starts, though, 
Akira says, what's going on? Three people at once have declared they're my rivals. And then Jaime says, that's only natural for like a warrior to have a rival. And he says, no, in movies or TV, you get one, but three is too many. <laughs> and then he tries to leave and he gets stopped and tied up. Then all the dudes that want to fight him, like have their little moments, like including like when Gowser has this little shot of what I didn't know what it was. There's like a little fish in here. And mm. I was like, what is this shot of? It's just like some small fish for his bigger fish to feed on. Of course. Then cards get thrown at uh, the like crew and like their cheeks are cut. And then he just keeps trying to run away when the harmonica guy appears and shoots with his revolver. In the next scene, um, like they like say, hey, like, can you be our friend? He's a coward and we need a hero and you have a gun. <laughs> but they have a shitload of guns they had wall of guns they don't have the white suit buff though okay that's true does. that's true they don't have that's true i mean emmy has a great got some swag that's a kind of white true. but the guy says um he pulls out his harmonica <laughs> and says this is my only friend like he's fucking chow yud fat like just, <laughs> it's great but then he decides to help and th- then akira is just tears down like just tears down Rui and says like here's why you don't have a boyfriend and she cries but then like of course because it's the 90s she's like mm-hmm. man it's time to make him some lunch <laughs> he must really love me you know uh, that's just the way it was because the 90s were a weird time yeah women be chopping vegetables <laughs> now Ari has borrowed his car and, like, she goes to get this, like, box that has a special stone in it that's a power-up for Changer on. At the same time, the boys have this plan where they get all three rivals and they're being zapped by, like, this, like, trap from the harmonica man. And then Akira gives the chainsaw to Hayabi who goes to chainsaw them. Yep. Uh, yeah. It's not worth, though. <laughs> now Rui's making her omelet meal for him as the pianist jumps in the car to, like, get the crystal from Aerie and she jumps out of the car and like rolls her head into the curb and it looks nasty. Yeah, it does. And then um a like great small scene is that Hayami loses his shoe and he gets kicked back into his chest by Gazer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 23 years ago, there were shoes made from seal skin that were the finest shoes alive. He's still alive in South Africa, the craftsman who made this. They were made at Tiffany's. <laughs> the boys run 10 feet into Xandar who uses, like, forced lightning by throwing a card at them. He's basically Gambit, like I said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's when Ari comes to the detective agency and, like, gives the stone to Rui. And she goes, and she meets this dog. And she, like, falls down just standing. And this dog's there. She tries to give him some food, but then says, oh, sorry, it's for, like, somebody important. And then the dog eats the crystal like it's like a sugar crystal. <laughs> and we also found out that the harmonica guy is not a friend. He wanted to use Changer on to, to defeat the others, but he's too pathetic. And he's another rival. <laughs> and they all transform. And including the harmonica guy who drops from a tree, runs the harmonica over his lips and says, Grand Cross puts it in a holster and then transforms into Dark Demon Isler. As the cool kids do. But then. Because her lunch gets knocked down, Rui starts to cry. And that's when Akira says, 
I'm not running away. I just don't want to see how angry I am. <laughs> trampled on a woman's um you trampled on a like girl's feelings. Mm. And this is where between the parfait and all the shit he says, I realized he's just fucking Usagi from Sailor Moon. Like the character to the nines is just that character. Kind of, yeah. Honestly, it makes way too much sense. <laughs> yeah. Crystals, parfaits, hangs out, dumb, cowardly, you know. Um, but like, it's kind of like weird in the show that's like so much of like comedy to have like a serious fight scene moment, like where he's like, I get my anger power up. And he also gets like helped by Gowser when he gets like a like attack from behind and he kills those two dudes or like one gets killed by Gowser in like snow and blood. And, mm-hmm. and then I wrote that ruin is the new sex. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Ryu is the new secretary. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> very different uh, meanings on that one. He was, he was watching a different show than we were apparently. Yeah. I was watching some of them like Pompeii style shows like, man, like ruin is the new sex. <laughs> I get this now. I dig it. Yeah. But then mercifully, finally, we're on the last episode. Episode 19. Uh, shit. I just closed my notes. <laughs> episode 19 begins in the detective agency, and Akira is wondering... What's the title? Yeah, uh, the title is... Uh, your Daughter. Your, yeah, Your Daughter, This Abnormality. A weird fucking title. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. Uh, for some reason, Rui, the, the new secretary decided it would be a good idea to spend all their money buying mailboxes we can't understate how much akira is dressed like a goddamn pedophile here with his like white fuzzy v-neck and just he looks crazy and then this old man shows up and says oh could you help me find an heiress and he's like okay i know how this works they love detectives. <laughs> and immediately goes into like, <clears throat> excuse me, a fantasy sequence of him getting to play superhero and house husband for the rest of his life. Man, with that much money, I could totally have that golf course finally. <laughs> exactly. My notes read as, I love that Akira is already fantasizing that this is how he is going to escape being a lazy fucker. <laughs> yep, that's pretty concise. Got his grind set, mm-hmm. he knows. And then we proceed to get an incredible series of vignettes, starting with he goes to her college, creeps on some girls, and then another girl shows up and says, on Christmas Eve last year, I knit this scarf for the <laughs> like, head of the tennis right. squad. And then she took it and gave it to him instead and started to date him. And it starts to choke Akira. I, I loved that part. Um, Akira... Like, knocks on this box. There's this professor in there and says, Three months ago, we were talking about world peace, and she walked into a pillar. And the next day, she destroyed the building, and I lost my job. <laughs> As one does. And, like, big, like, cartoon, like, just like, um, like, I'm going to blow up this, this, like, building plunger as she, like, blows up the whole school. <laughs> then we get, um, they find the tennis boy. In this, like, like, what looks like a, like, dark room for photos. Then he says, oh, yeah, like, I'd love to play tennis with her. But then one time she lost and she bribed the referee. <laughs> and then it stopped being fun to play tennis after that because she kept doing it. So then I started to collect chopstick holders. 
this happens as we see a monk is bonking people on the head and stealing their alarm because he's actually a weird fish row white monster. Yes. Oh, um, and then one of the most upsetting scenes of Chajiron happens as like we see Akira, Hayami, and Eri go to this like house where they think she lives, bust open, <laughs> grab this woman mm-hmm. like it's the purge. Just drag her by her hair into the middle of her party and be like, Oh, we know you did. You know you did. <laughs> they just start yeah, bullying yeah. Oh her. Oh my gosh. It it was the longer the scene played out, the funnier it got. Because you were uh just absolutely not clued into what was happening. So as it continued, it just got more and more funny. When Ruby shows up, like she like just like is like, oh yeah, she moved a couple days ago. Somebody else who moved in in the three days, I guess. But um and like so that leaves Hayami there and he's just like, I guess I'll handle this. Please hit me so you're satisfied. Uh-huh. And she beats the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you though, honestly? Like I just kick it over like some of the ways these people act uh more <laughs> and more. It's said that the Harris is actually a nun now. And then Akira says line of the show, let's go to the nunnery. Yeah. Then they go t- there and they see her running and she- so she's trying to dodge them and tell them to leave and say that her family should think she's dead. And then the monk shows up, bonks all three of them mm-hmm. and like tears them down. It's like, you're thick headed. And then that's when Amy says, he's talking about that time in grade school. I make my report card. <laughs> There's so many just good one-liners in this show. Right. Like even even going back to like where they're in like at the beginning of this episode where they're talking about uh, Akira getting mad at her for buying mailboxes, and I think she's like, "Why are you getting mad at me for buying one or two mailboxes?" Like Hayami and Ari are like holding him back. He's like, "It wasn't one or two mailboxes. It was <laughs> ten, you idiot." <laughs> and there's this great moment at the very end of the episode where like. She's going to leave because she lied to them. She's like, can I take one of the mailboxes? <laughs> and it's a huge, it's like this huge, like, fucking white and black, like, house-shaped mailbox. Yes. It's bigger than her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so dumb. Um, And the monk dresses down the rest of the squad. He's like, you're conceited. And, like, you're harder than other people, but not yourself. And he's like, I will fix you. But then, like, that's when she shows up and is like, I'm actually Reika and Rui. I was the Harris. Anyway, um, let's not get killed by this guy. And like, then Akira fights him, wins, and says, I'm definitely going to heaven now. <laughs> uh, Which, had that been a concern up to this point? I mean, I guess, like, uh, if you... Once you beat a monk in single combat, you like get a like free pass to heaven. I mean, that's what I've always heard, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure if it was like canon. This show is fucking stupid, <laughs> and I it love it. I, exactly. I, that's what I was saying earlier. Like when I say it's chaotic, I literally mean like in all the best ways because you never know what's going to happen next, and that's most of the charm. Like because you always think that it has already crushed or like crossed the threshold of insanity and then they do something else and you're like oh that's it now when you said you're not sure if it's canon stuff what canon were you talking about because there is a true canon too 
in that regard. Usually when I say that, I mean like my head canon. But religious canon, also true. <laughs> Good to know. No, you're right. Just this show is incredible. Um, I don't know where it goes next. Um, at this point, the people at the studio know they got a little bit scammed and let this guy make this show. Mm-hmm. And they probably have to finish a certain amount of episodes. At this point, it's like, okay, this has been cut down to like 39 episodes. Just make it. Please don't cause too much more trouble. We understand. We have to put this out there. We can't take the time to replace you. So having heard that explanation, anybody who thought that we were exaggerating about just how out of left field this show can be, take Kip's warning just now. (laughs) Would we recommend this show to people? Fuck yes. But stick with it, because if... If you don't watch past the first episode, you're missing so many good things. Although I realize the first episode is equally as like chaotic as the rest of the series will be. Just take it as a warning. The first episode has them being detectives in a fucking pitch black house with sunglasses on, finding a fucking wiener dog, and having it return at the end of the episode so the monster of the day can kick it. See? And he isn't exaggerating. That's literally what what happens. That's how this show opens up, and it never gets any better. The second episode is cross-dressing, and the third episode is, remember, a lot of brides, everyone? Oh, God. (laughs) Probably still one of my favorite episodes of anything ever, just because of the... It was the peak of insanity. Honestly, I feel blessed that we, we've we had two in a row where Garo was good, and then this is just, like, the complete polar oh, opposite yeah. of Garo, where Garo was, like, serious <laughs> and, like, not funny at all. And then this is just I, absolute I think wacky batshit shenanigans. Exactly. And this is exactly what Kip warned us about, too, when we were talking about starting a new series. He pretty much said, this one's going to be, like, it's going to be out there. And we were just like, sure, let's take a chance. I have not regretted that decision no, God, no. for one second. <laughs> I didn't read it when we got it, but uh, because like I didn't want to like sound like I was like taking my ribs out to like, suck my own dick. But there was definitely a question <laughs> that was like, you increasingly like do have increasingly specific and unlikely description for things that are true, like changer on and like the stuff. And I was like, yeah, that is true. I did describe Changer on, I think, very accurately. You did, yeah. And it's it's funny because that would 100% be another instance where someone would be like, he's totally being like hyperbolic. There's no way it's that, like out of left field. And yeah, this one, once again, you probably undersold it. And honestly, after this, there's only two possible ways we can go. And it's either we watch the other Comet Rider show he made in Comet Rider Fies, which... I'm realizing more and more is just like, what if Changer On was like a little more angsty? <laughs> nice. Or there's Kamen Rider Ryuki, which I think is also a lot like Changer On, but like definitely features at least like two or three of the cast members like make appearances in it. Nice. It's hard to know. But no, um, this show is great. Um, one question um, that um, we talk a lot about on uh, the other show is the like idea of, okay, if you were like, had somebody interested and i would say don't try to get somebody into toku if they don't care Mm, um (laughs) but like if you did what what's a good intro show and like we said oh like marty zero one's like pretty simple story and the characters uh but change around i think is it a good intro show (laughs) 
I, I, if, if I was gonna uh, recommend this show, and I definitely would, one hundred percent, but I would, uh, I would pin the caveat that this, uh, oh, what's the right way to say it? It spoofs a lot of toku elements in a really, really clever way. So maybe not for your first toku show, but. You know, maybe get one or two episodes of a couple different series under your belt to kind of get the feel for it and then watch the show and you'll have a lot more appreciation for the way that like the plot lines go and the jokes are made. What do you think, David? I would definitely not recommend this as a first time in Toku show just because if you have no other experience with the genre and you watch this first and you're like, oh, all Toku is like weird irreverent Mm -hmm. french cinema referencing like weird shit and then you go watch something like kamen rider kabuto or even like kamen rider kabuto has so much change on in it you uh, don't remember the dark kitchen arc do you (laughs) i mean yes but it wasn't it wasn't very wacky in the way that like you can it's it's very weird to say this but you can clearly see the dna of den o being just extracted from Changer on and then being toned down. So like if you watch Deno and you like Deno, I could definitely see going from that to Changer on and being like, oh, I I get it. I see. Mm-hmm. This is really funny. But I think you need for me, if I was gonna recommend Changer on, I would say like you maybe need like one or two full series of like good toku kind of under your belt before you could really appreciate just how much this apes like weird shit from toku and like again it's like i don't i don't know what it is like is it done on purpose is this because it's not a parody right it's not supposed to be anyway but it comes off like someone was like i'm gonna make a parody of every toku series that comes before and it's gonna be like dumb and irreverent and you know, it, it it works very, very well. It works, but I don't know if that was intentional. I have to assume that it is because it's like consistently funny. And I don't think you can be consistently funny without understanding what you're writing. Yeah, it, it almost feels like they took that idea that you were talking about with like parroting these series, but they were like, but we can do it and still have a little bit of heart there. And I think that that's a really, really hard line for people to draw. Like, if you're trying to be funny, yeah, you're usually trying to be, like, 95% funny. But this show has just enough, like, touching and, like, really human elements to it to kind of balance that out. I think this also, we can't discount that, like, the main writer is, like, he was writing Toku for years before this. And his dad was a writer on the first Common Rider, on Kikaider, mm-hmm. on, like, all these shows. And I think also um, his daughter might also be writing some novels. Really? <laughs> so he's Probably like writer. literally lived this history. He's probably got more encyclopedic knowledge than anybody. Yeah. I'm dropping a link for you, David. Um, Akiko Inoue. I mean, that's a very generic Japanese name. I made sure to make sure that like the like trivia said she was in that family. Um, and does the like scripts for One Piece... It's wait, stuff like that wait, now, wait. So, you know. 
who went under the pen name Aki Kanehiro, wrote Common Rider Decade, the world's Kasa Kodoya, the garden. Is that the movie? No, there's a lot of novels for these shows. Uh, this is the 2013 okay. novel. So in this one, like, he's a neat who's tired of his life and is like a weird alternate okay, version. Okay. I'm just I, like, I'm just going to I'm going to Google her in, in Japanese and see what it says, because I think that would be interesting. That's probably yeah. a lot there. But no, I think like, it's just like this is not somebody who doesn't think Toku's cool mm-hmm. <laughs> or else he wouldn't be like doing it like all of the years of Kamen Rider that like are treated as like serious shit, like the best stuff, best character work, like super serious, mature stuff. Like I think it's a great series, but like they're also so much of the goofiness of this is present mm-hmm. there. OK, this is this is interesting. This is interesting. Um. So she's she's written for One Piece, right? Uh, but one thing that I don't know if it it if it appears in the English one, um, but she she writes for a TV series, uh, since two thousand one called Oshiri Tante. Do you know Oshiri Tante? No. <laughs> okay, hang on. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm not gonna say anything about Oshiri Tante. I'm just gonna link you a picture, in. In Discord, and you tell me what you think Oshiri Tante is about. Ah, uh, yeah, okay, this is this is a good picture. So I want you both to tell me what do you think Oshiri Tante is about. Okay. Oh. Okay. Oh, there's a lot happening here. So Ben Affleck, <laughs> detective. <laughs> uh, this looks like um, if instead of a like if. Instead of being elephants, Babar was an ass face boy. Correct. That is exactly what he is. Okay. Nice. Because Oshiri means butt and Tante means detective. So he is literally the butt detective. Nice. Good job, Kip. Oh, thanks. And um, that's, that is a great way to get a, like, to get the most out of, like, your, like, stupid chat for us. Just, like, to be like, oh, butt detective, sis. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and recently, <laughs> as last year, they came out with a movie for Oshiri Tante, and this is the poster, which, upon seeing this, I laughed my fucking ass off. Mm-hmm. Understandable, yeah. So, it's not shit Moriarty, it's like Shiri means something else, Shiri right? means butt, so his, his name is okay. Shiriarte. So, it's like Moriarty. Shiriarte. Like Moriarty from, you know, like... Uh, Sherlock Holmes, but yeah, he's yeah. an ass, yeah. so it's Shiriate. I love it. It sounds like a like French person that can't say shark. <laughs> okay, yeah, no. So this is a family that like between Momotaro, between this guy loves butts, <laughs> loves Tokusatsu, loves anime. Um, so a a dynasty, if you will. Honestly, that's winning. I want to be a part of that family. If I get to choose like my reincarnation, I want to be a part of that clan because they've got to go. I want to draw a butt detective. You know that like it's not confirmed, but like it's very heavily rumored that the same person who wrote Changer on the middle anyway is also the person who got Common Rider their like merch deal with Hello Kitty. Nice. Uh so I don't know. Uh Sometimes you just need respect. And also, if they put a, a changer on themed Hello Kitty, I would buy that plush. I'd have that shirt or whatever. Oh, absolutely. That yeah. Buy that ramen bowl. But no, um, a lot has happened today. And we've had some deep 
diving talk. So let's talk about next time. And I was wondering, should we keep on the Changeron train or try something a little weird? I I kind of want to see where Changeron goes because like it's it's it just it's weird. Okay. It's weird. What do you think, Steph? Uh, honestly, I'm up for either because both are going to be weird regardless. So I'm I'm fine with staying on Changeron. I'm also fine with watching a a weird uh, semi Christmas show. So. I mean, we already got that Ginger Dead Man episode coming out soon, so I'm going to say <laughs> that I'll keep it in the back pocket, but if we ever need to do a Christmas episode, we can watch the one where they crucify Santa. Sweet. Time. I'm down for it. Yeah, because I'm pretty stoked about to see what uh, happens on Change Run also, so I'm not going to be sad one way or the other. Also, just can't overstate, one of my favorite parts about Toku is when they crucify someone. It's like shark monster, like and like getting crucified, like my favorite tropes. Absolutely, the genre. Um, I, I would just like to uh to add on to Oshiritante. Uh, the Shiriarte uh fucking tagline for the movie is the smell of farts, or like the bad smell is the greatest enemy. Is the is the tagline of that fucking movie? So, wow, just yeah. Excellent. Man, we really don't have good TV in America. Huh? We don't have anything like that. Like, We've got garbage, honestly. I would love if a show just came out that was like Ass Columbo. That's literally what it is. It is Ass Columbo. Yeah, I mean, if it happened here, it would be like a uh, like a South Park uh, shortcut when yeah. they were doing a quick commentary. That'd be about it. Oh, yeah. Uh, you don't have that spark, I guess, but... Regardless, everyone, as we always end the show, though, um, who was everyone's favorite? Oh, Characters God. Yeah, I know. It's, it's a hard tough. one. Um, so for me, uh, first one is definitely Kuroko. Um, I enjoyed how her storyline kind of flowed really naturally. They didn't really force her into being one thing or the other. It, it played really well. Um. And Galzer, because I'm really excited to see kind of like where that storyline goes. It seems like there's a lot of unresolved baggage there. So I'm I'm stoked to see like whether he ends up on the uh the the good guy side or the bad guy side, because he's shown he can kind of go either way pretty easily. Um and then finally Rui. Um, because we didn't really know, like, coming toward the end of this, whether she was going to be a continuous character or not. And it seems like they're really setting her up to uh, take over that secretary role. So um, she's already been pretty interesting so far, just with kind of how she sees the world. So I'm I'm excited to see where she goes next also. Yeah. And I was kind of, like, wondering who it would be. Like, I thought it was going to be Kirko for a second. I was like, oh, is she going to be the detective? Yeah. Even though she's younger, but looks mm-hmm. older than the one we got. What about you, David? Um, my three favorite. We'll start with Hayami. Hayami's fucking great in this set, mm-hmm. group of episodes. He's he's awesome. Um, number two is Akira. Uh, just because, yeah, man, like Akira had Akira had so many funny one liners this set of episodes, and just like he's just he's just consistently so good and funny. But uh, this set of episodes, I have to give my hats off to Chopstick Holder Monster because, oh, yes. God, Uncle Red, God Fu. damn, 
whoever played that character, just bravo, because Jesus Christ, was it funny. Yeah. No, that's, it's your strong list. It's hard to even pick anything, but um, I'm going to have to give it to um, Human Form Xandar as <laughs> uh, number three. Okay. Yep. Because he's like a legitimate martial artist. He's been in other shows. Like he premiered in Jetman by getting in a barbed wire cage match with the red like hero there and like actually getting caught up a little bit. Uh, and he just shows up. He just has these fucked up circle cars as he's just booming voice. He just, you know how confident you have to be and exude that to do that. <laughs> uh, number two, um, I like Kiriko. Um, she was pretty good. Uh, a good one-off character. Number one, probably Akira though. Um, and I'm not always one for the main characters, but he is just so good. He's so consistent. He like this show has no real straight bags. Like even Hayami's so much, but like the way they juggle it, like this should be like patently just like there should be nothing to ground how how wacky the show gets, but it's just works totally because of like how much he's just like a shit heel. Yeah. And they all play off of each other really well. So I think you don't ever really have that uh, situation where you're getting overwhelmed by any one character's personality because they all like, it's a really great balance, even though they're all wacky as hell. Mm, yeah. Um, and a special shout out for, for uh, the MVP, if, like pound for pound, like scene for scene. Like has to be Bunkata though. He just shows up and gets a shit in. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. True that, true that. And then uh, what of the Tokusatsu, the fight scenes, the monster suits, and the effects were our favorite? I just love like for me, it's not really like an effect or anything they do specifically, really. It's just that like in these set of episodes before they would like extract like alarm from people just kind of like the effect played and it was like whatever but for whatever reason all of the monsters in this set of episodes would bonk people in the head like they're coconuts to like drink their fucking life force juice and i found that really <laughs> fucking funny because multiple monsters did the exact same thing of just bonking people on the head and then sucking them off 100 <laughs> percent. what about you steph for your uh best toku of this time uh, i'm I'm kind of with david i don't really have an effect or a costume or anything this time but i was really absolutely blown away by um when they are the camera is kind of panning into that scene with the monk um because you get to see like such amazing beautiful scenery around it you know you've got the mountains and you're sitting right there in this temple that's in the middle of the forest and it was just it was so beautiful and you have like this really, really great peaceful scene, and then the uh, monk turns into a monster just like not a full minute later, and just that contrast between that absolutely beautiful scene and then just having this unexpected attack from a monk, like that played so well. This once again, like I was talking about earlier, this show does a lot of things surprisingly well, and that's one of them. Ah, mm. oh, for me, um. I'm a big fan of um, just I love all the weird monster suits that we get. And yes. I just um think like they hit them out, out of the park this time. Like the monk one, with, like the weird like row in the middle, like the mm. like ice guy, the like nobleman, like piano guy all look great. Um, And of course, this might be the most hotly tested one, but best outfits. A lot of contenders this time. Oh, 
I can't remember which monster it was. Uh, I, all I remember was that uh, he was all in brown, but instead of having like a uh, a costume at the bottom, he was wearing tights um, in a very obvious cod piece. And I don't remember which monster it was, but I remember thinking, yep, that's my favorite monster right there. He's He's going with the Labyrinth David Bowie look, and I'm here for it. What about people clothes, Steph? Was there like a like standout look in that regard for you? Um, probably when Akira was walking around with like his blue jeans and his tucked in white t shirt or not t shirt but dress shirt, but it was like halfway unbuttoned, like he was pulling the real seventies look. He was out there like looking like a fuck pastor. He was like ready to he go. Really? Yeah, exactly. I I don't know why. I just I really dug that. I, I and I appreciated the confidence it had to take to pull that off, especially in a billiard hall pool of people that are ten times tougher than you are. <laughs> I mean, not not hard, I guess. <laughs> what about you, David? This is fucking hard, to be honest. Uh, no, you know, okay, right? no, it's it's uh, not Gauzer. Um, Dester. No, what the hell's his name? The the evil like general. Icelar. No, not Icelar. Xandar. Oh, Xandar. They all end in R. Gauzer. Lar. Xandar. Um, no, it's Xandar's human form because, like, when they're on the Rainbow Bridge in Tokyo about to have their fight, and he just puts on those fucking 1980s as hell shades, and he's got that fucking earring on. That guy's smooth mm-hmm. as fuck. <laughs> Truly. And, like, Xandar means something, like, blade or something, or, like, clash, right? Z- Z- um, That's a good question. I think it does i've seen it before in like a toku thing i was like oh like the like fun like alliteration thing um big shout outs to Islar with his like stunt harmonica with his white suit <laughs> harmonica. and his leather harmonica holster you can't forget that and on his wrists he has like his like um he has the fucking like cylinder from a revolver as like a bracelet mm-hmm. i don't know if you saw that all swag yeah, he's just right on his mind. Um, and his like one, his one like crystal like earring too, just like pure like see through crystal. That's our various thoughts, our various opinions. We've come to the end of Changer on this chunk. Um, and next time there's five more episodes of Changer on. Um, and woo, <laughs> <laughs> I really. I'm curious if the show goes more off the rails as it's clear it's getting canceled or whatever. They just go fuck it and just go ham. If they find like another gear or if they <laughs> start to desperately need to save money, it's great either way. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It, which would be interesting because it kind of seems like that's what they've been doing since the beginning. So if there's a chance that it can go even more crazy, I'm here for it. Yeah. But um, where can people find you when you're uh, not talking about Tokusatsu? Uh, pretty much the only social media I use anymore is Instagram. So you can find me at nobody much. Um, aside from that, you can get on www.arcademilitia.com. Um, we really haven't posted anything for a while. Just both of us going through various uh, health issues. But we're hoping to that. Yeah. And David? Uh, you can find me on the Tokyo Fresh podcast or at our Instagram at Tokyo Fresh podcast, uh, or you can go to my personal uh, Instagram at Zyrel. Um, 
as far as Tokyo Fresh is going, uh, my co-host has went back to the UK for holidays, so we're basically done for the year. So no new episodes are coming until probably around January, but I might do something in the interim. I'm still deciding what I want to do, if I want to do anything, but we'll, uh, we'll see. And then for me, um, I'm taking uh, myself and Conrad to be on to co-host. We'll still post on Twitter, but also we have a slight backlog that we should have gotten through by now. Um, but check out uh, on co-host uh, for me uh, at James D and uh, for the podcast at Common Ride. And then still on Twitter uh, at James Force for me and at Common Ride with me for the podcast. And please go to CommonRide.com for episodes and articles. There's CommonRide.com slash merch for links to our merch with proceeds throughout the holidays going to Trans Lifeline. Uh, there's CommonRide.com slash episodes for links to different platforms and feeds. And there is uh, please uh, rate and review on Apple Podcasts and spotify with that though immortal question important question what did we learn today everyone oh. you only really need one mailbox and about four arrivals yeah yeah can't have enough of those um i'm gonna say that uh my lesson was you only really understand the fury of a human if you kick their lunch out of their hands hmm <laughs> Like they always said, no one ever really changed her. <laughs> well done. <laughs>